0: Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for uh, dancing along with us here on the program as we uh, are bringing you new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Now I normally start the program out uh, by giving you all of the particulars of the program where you can find it, how you can participate, what we ask you to participate in, and so forth. But I'm going to hold off on that right now. And you notice that uh, <clears throat> actually this is my, my demeanor today is really not any different than any other day because well, I've shared this before. I'm, I'm a real optimistic kind of guy, you know My glass uh, my glass is, uh, is half full uh, as opposed to half empty. I'm not sure full of what, but uh, we'll find out here throughout the program, because today we're going to talk about an organization that uh, is, yes, local, but it is also international. But today we have representatives from the Northside Optimist Club of Santa Barbara. We have uh, 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 Melissa Cohen. And we're very happy that she's with us today, dancing along to our theme song. And then Mark uh, uh, Weinsoff, who, um, what is your particular title these days with the Optimist Club?
1: Well, right now I am just the program chair for our club. Uh, I'm the past international president of Optimist International, which is a worldwide organization of volunteers. And we're going to talk about that. And thank you for joining us here, uh, Mark.
0: And uh, Melissa, thank and thank you for being with us, Melissa. Thank you so much, Richard, for having us. This is uh, 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 an interesting subject. Uh, I've, I've gotten really tired of some of the clichés referring to the period of time in which we are. Uh, I referred for the last couple of years to that particular period as the COVID era. <laughs> and, and with all eras, they have a beginning, they have a middle, and they have an end, an end. I don't know where we are right now. All I know is we're still in the COVID era. Uh, Hopefully, we're at the latter portions of at least the uh, extreme aspects thereof. Uh, They say that it's going to be with us for the rest of our lives, kind of like the influenza, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. Be that as it may, uh, with other things going on around the world, Things going on in this country, as well as the in this state and and in this community of of uh, Santa Barbara County and the city of Santa Barbara and all of the uh, surrounding communities, and you folks are a part of an organization whose name, whose title, uh, pretty much defines what you're all about, as far as a shall we say, um, uh, a mental, emotional, and maybe even a spiritual perspective. I'm not sure how you can. Although Melissa was showing us quite well uh, on a physical level about optimism, dancing along with uh, the theme music. Uh, what, uh, Melissa? Let's start with you. What does what does optimism mean to you?
2: Well, that's a great question. Um, for me, optimism is finding the perspective that helps me move forward in the most positive way okay and that's it so i mean every life has its challenges life has its downs its ups its downs and no one is immune from it so it's a matter of what am i going to do with what's given to me at this very moment and how can i look at it in a way that benefits me and all around too. Yeah. I don't want it just to be me, I want it to be a, a universal thing. So I have an optimism that even the, the things that are challenging and seemingly bad, when I look back on things, I'm like, wow, a lot
0: of great came out of that. And you so used you that's used my a, optimism. Right. You used an <laughs> operative word there immune. So there is no vaccine. Uh, for us to be optimistic. Mark, what about you? What does optimism mean for you?
1: Well, I'll tell you the typical view of the optimist is the glass half full view where optimists just see the best in everything. But what really uh, makes an optimist is the knowledge that we have the power to create positive change. So no matter how bad the situation is around us, we don't give up because we have the power to make change so we see the bad things going on in the world but we know that we have through our effort ability to make things work better now we can't change everything obviously but we can do our part and that's what the north Side club does in santa barbara is we do our part locally to contribute to uh giving youth positive uh, choices to make as opposed to all the negative ones they're faced with when they leave school every day. Uh, the, and the optimists themselves, when they are faced with adversity, does not give up. We, we don't view that as a permanent situation. And so we believe that things will get better because of our actions. So it's, it's really an action-based uh, approach to optimism where we know that uh, even though things are bad, if we do the right things, we can make them better. And that's what this program is all about. And, of course, uh, we've made the statement
0: on numerous occasions that uh, our goal, our grand goal on this program, through this program, is to change the world. Now, for the better. Uh, That raises a couple of uh, interesting questions for the listener, I'm sure. Uh, You want to change the world. But my better may not be the same vision as your better. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about that, since change is the constant in the universe. And uh, I'm wondering if, from an optimistic perspective or an optimist's perspective, uh, knowing that everything is temporary, does that help you, both you, Mark and Melissa, to... Sort of uh, uh, keep a handle on your optimism, knowing that, hey, uh, yes, this particular challenge, that particular challenge is there. However, it it isn't going to last forever. I mean, just look at our history. Things have been constantly changing.
1: Yes, in fact, that's what separates the optimist from the pessimist. So a pessimist will say things are, you know, negative things are permanent, they're always going to be here, they're going to affect every aspect of my life, and they will, uh, and, and they're really my fault. (laughs) And (laughs) the optimist takes the opposite position of no, anything bad that's happening is temporary. Uh, It's not my fault, which means I have the the ability to make change. And that it's not it's only a specific case. So inflation affects us economically in a negative way. And there's actions we can take to to get through that. But it's not a permanent situation. and, And and that's really the separate Ah, uh, separation of an optimist from a pessimist is whether uh, they believe bad things are permanent or not. Melissa,
2: well, I, yeah, I agree with that. The it really helped me. There was I listened to uh, uh, assorted things, a bunch of things, and Mark and I actually have traded books on numerous occasions. But there's many YouTube things that I listen to, and one of the uh things that I would listened to really focused on the fact that it is not it's temporary it's like it's never over and it's never done is what is said and and honestly that brought such relief to me and it is it, that is the relief I think the challenge before I truly understood that was feeling that oh my God, this will go on forever. This is just never ending. Or I'm stuck in this, this Mm -hmm. idea of being stuck. And allowing the the optimistic mindset of, oh, you know what? This is what's happening at the moment. It always changes. But that also happens with good too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I enjoy the good. Don't don't cut it short because it's going to change. But- really embrace it and enjoy it and know that that's the wondrous thing of life. That's what makes it interesting. We would be bored to whatever <laughs> if if it were all the same. If we got all of our food, our favorite food, on the same day, at the same time, all right now. If we never had a bite of food we didn't like, how would we compare and contrast it? Yeah. So there is. That's that's the... That's the great thing of life. Yeah. So once you embrace that, I think it's easier to have that optimistic mindset. That's the, yeah. the one of the keys, not the key, but one of the keys.
0: One of the things, too, that I find interesting and it saddens me a little bit is the fact that I, we have a, a dog, four cats and chickens. And we feed them the same food every day, day in, day out, week in, week out. I'm going, well, they're eating it. So they must like it, but you'd think they would get, you know, bored with it too, you know, and, and maybe they do. And so, but we do, you know, like with the chickens, we give them the marks, the scraps, you know, they're they're like, uh, they're, they're the feathered version of a goat, from what I understand and what I've read. I want to talk a little bit, what's that? I want to talk a little bit more about, um, <clears throat> uh, this issue of change and the challenges or uh, i'm gonna put it in a more generic context the various events that happen in our lives and it was said uh, you know you've heard the saying that all of the choices that you've made up to this point have brought you to where you are now i did not know when i was seven or seventeen or twenty seven that all of the choices that i have made would bring me to this moment right now or I would be talking with you, Mark, and you, Melissa, about optimism. I didn't know that, but that's exactly what happened, okay? Then there's the, the extension to that. Every choice that I make from this point forward is going to determine where I'll be in the future, even though I don't know where that will be. But one of my guests put this addendum to that your perception of what you think the future will be is going to determine the choices that you will make from this point forward. Now, no judgment on anybody, but if you're a prepper and you think that Armageddon is coming, the apocalypse is coming, the zombie apocalypse Mm -hmm. or whatever, then you're going to make choices accordingly. Whereas I would think that you, Melissa, you, Mark, and I... We have an optimistic perspective. Even though we don't know what the future holds, we choose to believe that it will be, we'll say better, okay, Uh, that, again, inflation will fall off and things will stabilize again and, and, and maybe we'll have a little bit more peace in our lives, even if it's just in our immediate lives, if not globally, and so forth. And so our choices that we make will be different than those of those who think that the end is coming. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that here as we continue. We're talking with Melissa Cohen and Mark Winesoff on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm glad that you folks are with us. Let's talk about uh, what I just mentioned uh, just a moment ago about uh, how you view change and choice and then As you alluded to, Mark, creating the future based upon those two elements... You go ahead, start, Mark.
1: Okay, great. Uh, you've had it hit it right on the head, and that's why optimists. You know, one of the things in our optimist creed for the organization is that to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true, mm-hmm. and that's the key is that we do the action that makes it come true. So when you have the expectation of positive results, so we we know whatever encounter uh whatever difficulties we encounter are not obstacles and there's the famous story of Thomas Edison who said you know they said well you failed 300 times making the light bulb he said I didn't fail 300 times I found 300 ways that didn't work until I found the one that did so uh that's he had the expectation that he would succeed and what that does is that gives us the willpower to go on in the face of adversity and also what I like to call the way power where we know whatever we try it already didn't work. So we will try something new. And in fact, scientific studies have shown that people with an optimistic attitude that have the expectation of success will be more successful because of those two factors. They will just keep trying something different until they find the one that works. And so an optimistic mindset is not a a blind uh, rose-colored glasses thing. It's actually a view that we just haven't seen the right thing yet. And, And I'll tie that in with your what you were saying earlier, we, all the events that happen in our lives, even the bad ones um, bring us to where we are today. And so we go through those obstacles in life and everyone has good and bad events in their lives, but it's how we deal with them that affects our happiness outcome. And so we have the power within ourselves to uh, deal with any obstacle as long as we, um, keep going forward and and moving forward and so even those negative events bring us to where we are today and that's why one of the basic uh practical items of optimism is gratitude when in any situation if you look for something to be grateful for you can raise your happiness level and that gives you the willpower and the way power to go forward melissa Uh,
2: you know i uh I agree, of course, with Mark. I think Mark uh, nailed it on that, and I, I was thinking about how you were God my, my brain just went off track with what Mark was saying, and I forgot your total question.
0: <laughs> about- it's having to do with uh, a change, choice and choices as far as creating, as an optimist, as Mark alluded to at the beginning of the program, um, uh, how uh, an optimist is about uh, making change, uh, uh, you know, in my my life, in the lives of the people around me, you know, and so forth. But based upon those two elements of choice and change.
2: Well, choice, in terms of choice and change. It is really hard when you're in the middle of a situation to think that you have a choice. I think all of us, what I've realized for myself is that there's a lot of habitual patterns and I'm an optimist in many respects. And when I read Dr. Seligman's book on learned optimism, I realized I was an optimist in many areas and a And learned helplessness, as he would call it. He doesn't call it a pessimist. Mm -hmm. But for our purposes, perhaps we call it a pessimist. I was a pessimist in other areas. So I am not optimistic across the board in all of my life areas. But as I get more optimistic, what I realize is this change that you're talking about, just because it's done in the past. And Dr. Wayne Dyer, there's a wonderful quote he said about the wake of your boat does not drive the boat and yet many people are looking back at the wake Mm. and expecting it to drive the boat and it just turns you in circles it doesn't do anything so it's the looking forward and at any point change happens at every minute every day and the choice you make today and the where we're at today i would argue is actually the past it is not it is right this minute is now hmm. but this is the past and so when we're even upset about something that happened yesterday we're we're in, we're influencing and impacting our future and heading in that direction so if you're focused the focus on choosing where you want to go And if you see an apocalypse, is that really where you want to head or do you want to start steering your ship and helping people to steer a ship towards a brighter future, towards one where people are accepted, towards that? And it starts within yourself of accepting people, Mm. of putting out joy, of if someone's having a challenging day, seeing it as temporary, not as a permanent fixture of who they are. But as a temporary moment of where they're at at that moment and allowing them
0: to find their better self. Hmm. We are talking
2: that's there for everyone.
0: We are talking with Melissa Cohen and Mark Weinsoff of the North Side. Optimists Club of Santa Barbara, and uh, you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a real pleasure to be talking about optimism here on the program, and we, I'd like to think that we're always talking about that on this program with all of our guests. Um, what I find so interesting, uh, uh, both uh, Melissa and Mark, is The, uh, and I I myself, I was born and raised, and I know that our beliefs have a lot to do, and we can talk about that as well, with our uh, um, optimism or uh, pessimism, as we're going to use the word uh, here today. Um, I was not raised, I was born and raised Catholic, but I was not raised with um, a view of the future as far as uh, uh, the end of the world, the apocalypse, uh, Armageddon, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, or in in our modern times, <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. My wife loves uh, loves that program, The Walking Dead, and says, "Are you ready for the zombie apocalypse?" And I'm saying, uh, "No, I don't think it's happening." But you know, she's she's playing around, she's having fun, and I get that. And but there are people who have that that attitude, and specifically. Those people who buy into or accept or believe that many of the quote-unquote prophecies of some ancient wisdom teachings, as I like to call them, um, are coming true all around us. And I worked for a Christian station for 15 years where when things were happening in the Middle East, they say, okay, and these are the signs and it's on its way. And then all of that would dissipate. And... They would be quiet for a while. And then another dust up somewhere else. See, this is a prophecy of Daniel or of uh, Hosea or of uh, the Revelation. And and that dust up would settle down and then they're quiet again. And I got to a point, I'm not kidding you, where I said, you know, your story is really boring me. So here's what I would like to do. Could you tell me how I could help to bring about this event you're talking about so we could move on to a new story because this is just boring me to the to deers uh, you know and plus the fact it's scaring the bejesus out of everybody else uh... and that's another aspect that that i would love to talk about when it comes to the ancient wisdom teachings when it comes to belief and who we surround ourselves with uh... melissa talked to me about the the members, in this case, the members of the immediate Northside Optimists Club of Santa Barbara, uh, and not necessarily their religious affiliation, but their, shall we say, their spiritual underpinnings as to what maybe in a general sense, because you don't necessarily want to talk about specific people, but in a general sense, what they believe about where we are today and where they hope and believe and maybe pray that we will be tomorrow and the next day and the next day?
2: Well, I, I would say, actually, in our club, uh, we have such diversity. And not every, it, it, it's a really great microcosm because I don't think everyone is on the exact same page, but what we are on the same page about is helping youth. And helping our communities out. So each, we have different uh, political affiliations. We have, which in this day and age can be very challenging for people, but we keep that out of our club because it's not appropriate. We're not there for that. We're there for making our communities better. Mm -hmm. And in terms of spiritual stuff, I think we're all on uh, slightly different paths. Some of us more akin to each other. So it's we' we're, we're focused in our in our beliefs that we can come together and create something and move forward together, which really is a miraculous thing in this day and age. So I can't speak to each person now Mark's been a a, a member of the club a lot longer than I have, so okay. he truly has. Uh, perhaps a little bit more insight into some of the other, some of our members assorted spirituality. But I think we're all of different, different levels and different beliefs. But uh, that's, I think the key in optimism too, is to not hold. I mean, you you have your beliefs. It's agreeing to maybe even disagree and not be, uh, I want to kill you about that. (laughs) It's, I, I that what's more important at the moment is that we're going to come to this agreement and come and agree about stuff and agree that we can uplift that that's our
0: our goal. Mark, I would like for you to expand on that, but also expand it out from the Santa Barbara Club out to uh, because of your representation of the international organization and the people who are involved
1: on an international level. I think that. The key element for all members of our organization and probably everybody in the world and in all religions is a sense of community. So we understand that we are not within as a single vessel, not the uh, great power in the world. Our power comes through our community and our shared uh, um, 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 world. And so. That's why we, even if you have diverse religions within a single group, and you have, in our case, many different countries, I'll be visiting Nepal soon. And uh, of course, uh, in Nepal, their religious views are are very different from the United States in general. But we have this commonality that when we come together as, as people, we have this, every person has a spiritual commonality that's common that's shared with everyone else regardless of how we conceptualize it in a framework so that shared commonality is what we do in our organization and in for us it's surrounded around optimism um, but i think every religion has a view that is optimistic in nature in, in that we are n- not perfect in our whatever state we're in, but we always strive for perfection and to make this world a perfect place as in many religions, they would say is God's purpose. So what we're doing is always striving to improve ourselves and our world. And so that shared um, belief that we ha- can do that is is uh, something that is shared even w- w- regardless of what religious framework we view it through.
0: Melissa Cohen, Mark
1: winds off. uh we are talking
0: optimism right here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are joined by two people who are very optimistic. Uh, the next place I want to go is uh, with each of you personally in that Melissa, have you always, even as a child, been optimistic or is it something that you have had to cultivate, especially based upon what you said just a few moments ago uh, about how not all of all aspects of your life, you are an optimist?
2: I have definitely had to cultivate it. When I was a teenager, I was very moody, I would say, um, I, I remember at one point, playing a bunch of sad songs i might have been about 15 years old 14 15 years old and i was just playing songs and 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 oh feeling the (laughs) oh whoa me and you know the teenage i was totally teenage angst and Mm. and the world was crushing and all these things were just challenging and then i had a i had a moment of recognition like why am i doing this to myself Mm. Like a moment, like why am I listening to this sad song and making myself more sad? And uh, and and over, I think my luckily with my personality, I tend to introspect and uh, maybe a little bit of an overthinker. And I started asking myself questions, and it has been a long, long haul, and. Over the years, different things have have been uh, graced upon me, different books and people who've said things. And some of the seemingly best things that have been said to me were kind of negative because they shocked me into a better spot of recognition. And so that's, I started noticing that, like, wow, I really needed that person to be so incredibly rude that I questioned things, that I got so upset that I really thought about what they said and, and then fought against it or, or said, yes, they're right either way. Um, and it's made a huge difference. And then started reading a lot of books, a lot of books because I really wanted to understand uh, the way people think and the way I was thinking And Mark has helped me out many times with some uh, fabulous books that he's recommended. And I love communication and it's been a long, long thing. And I am no, this is the thing, I'm nowhere perfect at it. I've gotten a lot better and I can be more relaxed about it, but I can clear, I can see more clearly, wow, I am not so positive in that respect how can i up my game in that area but not focus on too much Like, okay well i'm not going to focus on that now i this is more this is more of my immediate thing
0: so, so, Mark, did, did you pop out of the womb and say, oh, man, it's a great day, I'm alive, and uh, or did, is this something that you really had to work at?
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I think that we are all born pessimists in a certain way because the pessimists look at the world as it really is. They see danger, and that's what all life forms look have to be aware of what dangers are around them. So we do look for the worst. It's a a natural instinct of human beings to do that. And so, but What and I would say no. My childhood was not the happiest. I didn't. I I encountered some things, and as a youngster, you know, my brothers used to beat me up. My my father died when I was 13 years old, and these kinds of things can really uh, do damage to people. And but what I did find to answer your question was there was something there that was always there that kept me moving forward. But Mm -hmm. I was the kind of person as a youngster, especially until I left uh, uh, for college, who would say. I'll be happy when, you know, so I was, I'll be happy when I graduate from high school so I can get out of this mess. I'll be happy when I uh, can can be on my own and, and make my own decisions. I'll be happy when something happens. I'm sorry about my clock. No worries. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, And that's really not an optimistic view is because we put off our happiness and happiness is temporary. So we're always pursuing happiness. And then even when we get it, we're happy for a short period of time, but then we go back to our previous level of happiness. So uh, it wasn't until I learned that to be happy with what I had, to be grateful for the things that I had, which I never was as a youngster, that I started to really go on the path to optimism. But something inside me still no matter how bad the events were, didn't let me give up. And that's that's that learned helplessness that, um, that uh, Melissa was talking about earlier. I never fell into that trap, but um, there is a, 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 a optimistic view that needs to be cultivated to make it work in positive ways for you so that you can move past obstacles and be happy where whatever state you're in. And, and of course, people in Ukraine right now would not say that they have a chance to be happy, but... Um, and, and and certainly that's that's never going to be the case uh, in a situation like that. But even in those little cases, if you take a moment to be grateful for something, I'm I'm grateful that I have food to eat today. I'm grateful that um, that I, I found a safe place to to be. Uh, those kinds of uh, check marks will allow you to continue on in the face of adversity so I had to learn that and I did not learn that until much later in life I I tell I really didn't learn it until my children were almost grown you know I was in my 40s before I really started to figure out how um, the optimism could work for me and it was just a lifelong process and and those events that in my life brought me to that
0: we're talking with uh, Melissa Cohen and Mark uh, Wines-Off, and we're talking about optimism here on Tell Me Your Story. It is the North Side Optimist Club of Santa Barbara, NS Optimists on Facebook. That's slash NSOptimists.com. Or no, there's no dot com after that. We've already got that in there. Uh, we'll be linked to that Facebook uh, site uh, for those who are interested. And uh, if people wanted to uh, become a member, uh, of the Optimists Club here in Santa Barbara, the North Side. Uh, how would they do that? Uh, and I, I'm guessing, Melissa, would you be the one I would want to pose that question to? Sure, you would pose that to me or Mark. As a
2: matter of fact, he's brought in more optimists than I have. He mm-hmm. is the he's the Uber optimist. Ooh, <laughs> Uber like optimist. But I I would say you would connect with us and come to one of our meetings. We have uh, virtual meetings. On the second Wednesday of every month, and we have in-person meetings at Mulligan's Cafe up uh, in Santa Barbara, which is part of the golf course up there. Been from there many times. Seven thirty to eight thirty a.m. on the fourth Wednesdays of every month. So you could come join us for breakfast, or you can come on a virtual. This is uh, and I want the reason, to that
0: Mark?
1: the reason we're the North side optimists is we were the second optimist club in Santa Barbara. So in 1948, the first optimist club was formed and we came along in 1971. So we've been active for over 50 years in this community. And originally we focused on the North side, but eventually we mer- merged all the, there was a Galita club as well. So now we're all combined into one and we just kept the North side name because uh, we were the ones who, who absorbed the other clubs, but, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, we we serve all of uh, Santa Barbara and Goleta, uh, and and our and, and yes, it's easy to uh, to become a part of it, and and really what it does is it gives you an opportunity to give back to the community and surround yourself with op- optimistic, positive people who are working for meaningful change in our community. So we do various activities throughout the year. Uh, we just did an art contest with the Boys and Girls Club, uh, uh, the Westside Boys and Girls Club, and we we do many different activities. We take uh, uh, we, we haven't done it for the last couple of years because of COVID, but we uh, annually take a, a busload of of children from the Galita Boys and Girls Club, the Westside Boys and Girls Club, and the Carpinteria Boys and Girls Club down to Dodger Stadium for a Dodger game. We have an oratorical Contest. A San Marco student won our oratorical contest and is eligible for up to $22,500 in scholarships if she continues at the higher levels. Uh, and uh, so we, what we're about is providing positive choices for children. And what that does is it gives meaning and purpose to our lives. So happiness is not the only thing we, we need in our life for a, well, a sense of well-being. Uh, we need happiness, of course. We need positive people. We need positive relationships in our lives. And we also need meaning and purpose because mm. uh, meaning and purpose is something that Uh, is is essential to everyone to feeling that we are going to make this world a better place than it was before we got here and our optimist club gives us opportunities to do that without having to take the whole burden on ourselves so that shared responsibility allows us to each contribute in little ways that make a bigger difference in the community
0: Melissa Cohen, Mark Weinzoff, and the Northside Optimist Club of Santa Barbara here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's really a lot of fun to chat with the two of you. I want to jump into a couple of other areas uh, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story as we're giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. The first one has to do with uh, our... our, um, our founding fathers and the documents that they left us with, uh, specifically the Constitution and its preamble. And in the preamble goes, um, I'm going to say something like this, because I may not quote it exactly, but I remember memorizing it from grade school, okay, some 50 or more years ago. <laughs> we, the people, in order to form a more perfect government, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. And I'm going to end it right there. Hmm. Because it's those last two that seem to be diametrically opposed to the First Amendment, as some people like to quote it, of the Constitution of the United States of America, which says, basically, I'm an individual and I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, and nobody can tell me different because I have that constitutional right to do that now i'm not passing judgment i'm asking the question from an optimist perspective how do you balance those two concepts when it comes to things like a virus whether it be the influenza whether it be covid whether it be the new pandemic which is our mental health situation in this country and globally uh, or whatever other thing that's going on. When you you talked earlier about fostering and, uh, um, and, and igniting community, which is what we're all about too, and yes, we all have different visions of what the future will be or what we'd like it to be, um, but it just seems to me that is there there I'm going to say that there's it's a paradox it's almost they're almost diametrically opposed and yet even from a Christian philosophical perspective you have to take the same position that I'm gonna be a servant to the master okay not my will but thine ergo I give up my individuality to follow okay So I don't have the right to say and do whatever I want, whenever I want, wherever I want, because I'm following the master and his guidance in whatever form that would take. And so I'm posing all of this as my observations. I'm not making any judgments or casting aspersions. I'm curious, Mark, you start with
1: this, if you could. Well, that's the beautiful thing about our world and and people in it is that we have diverse opinions about everything and we can look at the same thing in different ways and it's that commonality I referred to earlier that I think is being referred to in the constitution as well as in every religion you have. So not every optimist who's a card carrying optimist in our clubs agrees on everything or sees everything the same way. And in fact, that's the strength of mm-hmm. our world and our organization itself is that we allow those differing opinions to come forward. In fact, we have pessimists in the optimist club. Who who <laughs> would you want flying your plane? The pessimist or the optimist who's saying, oh, we've got enough gas to get there. We'll be be fine you know you want the pessimists who say calculating out we have x amount of gas in the plane and we have this distance to go and here's how it works so we have uh, a diverse set of people in our clubs and we allow those opinions to come forward and, and we sh- we discuss those and we uh, come to um, um, not necessarily agreement but we come to uh, uh, a way to move forward with, with whether we agree or disagree with each other doesn't make the difference is we make a decision to go forward in a certain way. And the great thing about optimism as the core belief is that we are able to overcome any obstacle. So even if we disagree on something, uh, once we go forward, we we still share that same commonality that allows us to move forward in, in positive ways.
0: Melissa?
2: well again i i generally agree with mark because uh we're, we're on the same page on on many respects and to to add to that though about the challenges of, that you're seeing in the constitutionality of people you know the mask wearing should we wear a mask should we not wear a mask or whatever i think that when people are in fear And when people are under duress, they make poor decisions. Mm. And that is a challenge with everyone. It's a human nature thing. If you look at many psychological things and my daughter and I went through, um, in terms of people thinking that we have freedom, you have the freedom to do anything you want. You do not have the freedom to walk naked in our community. You do not have that freedom. Well, you, you actually... You'll get, you'll get
0: picked up. Right. Well, that, that's, a, that's my point is, yeah, you right. do. Wait, so, so, that, so
2: somehow <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what you have to look at when when people are being triggered is they are not being their best optimistic right. self when they're coming from a place of defensiveness or mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. that and and lack of power. And that that's where that, that comes across. And if we had better leaders who could be softer about things, because... If you attack, people defend, and that's what it comes down to. So if you use attack words, they defend. And that's me included as soon as... My mind automatically. Someone mentions something. My mind thinks, "Oh, what's the opposite of that?"
1: (laughs) Well, I think that's part of what that's part of what separates optimists or our optimist club. We can have those discussions. We don't discuss politics or religion necessarily, but but uh, we can have differing viewpoints without attacking each other. We we understand, you know, that positivity is important. So even if we disagree with somebody, we we don't. Uh, attack them.
0: Melissa M- Melissa Cohen and uh, Mark winds off my guests here on the program. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a pleasure to have the two optimists on the program with yours truly, who has a large, very large glass that is uh, half full. Uh, and uh, I, I like to think of it that way. I want to ask the two of you, Melissa and Mark, we mention on this program fairly regularly about the power of words words have power is there any aspect of activities within the club that sort of helps to foster a vocabulary that is shall we say optimistic or maybe better yet that encourages people to use language that is more um, uplifting, if you will, less victimhood-ish, <laughs> if that's a word, uh, in that respect. Uh, because when I surround my pe- myself with people such as yourselves, I'm feeling pretty darn good. I, I, I love my life, and I always have. And my life has meaning, and I'm doing what I love doing. But, boy, I get around the negatives, or I, like I mentioned at the front end of the program about watching the news before I came in uh, to do this interview, I'm going, oh, boy, you know, I heard all this stuff, and oh, I'm exhausted. And it's the day has just begun, you know. Talk to us about the optimist and the power of words. Melissa?
2: well dr seligman in his book learned optimism if you read through that words are actually key in helping people remain optimistic in your in themselves and about different things whether you are the words you use always and never if it's referred to as I always fail at this I always lose out I always it's that's a permanent and pervasive always and those types of words actually really impact your mental well-being and a simple change of of not using always and say and making it situation that, this situation sucks this will pass not viewing it as a permanent pervasive which Mm -hmm. we talked about that circles back to our beginning thing so words are incredibly make a difference in your view of life your view of yourself and and the outcomes that you have with things and in terms of our optimist group there isn't our optimist creed really sets us on that goal and i gotta say it's a hard one for a lot of people to lift live up to and when i joined the optimist club i was i joined because i was like yeah i'm an optimist i'm already an optimist i didn't even know what they did but i knew i was an optimist and i knew i needed to be a part of Optimist. and i must say it was a little bit different because the service organization part of it I hadn't counted on it. I thought I was joining up and I was just going to get like like are we going to be doing positive stuff all the time? And it isn't quite that. We're not like woo woo we're going to be doing optimistic words all the time. Although our meeting since I'm the president of it this year, I do try and bring that to every meeting. But each club in our organization does things differently. There are, and there's, listen, this is run by people. We're going to have pessimistic and and not as optimistic think, but our creed is our guiding force. And it was taken by um, Larson. Um,
1: So Christian D. Larson a hundred years ago wrote these words, promise yourself, to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind, to talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet, to make all your friends feel that there's something worthwhile in them, to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true, to think only the best, to work only for the best, and to expect only the best, to be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own, to forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future, to be too strong uh, strong for fear, too happy, the presence of trouble and too noble to, um, and and I I messed it up, you'd think I would know it. But the key is, those are very strong words. I saw those words hanging on a wall when I was 20 years old. And I didn't know it was associated with an optimist club. But I thought to myself as a young, idealistic uh, person on the path to happiness, that if everybody lived this way by those words, what a great world this would be! And later, I came to find there's a group associated with those words that use that as essentially their mantra. That uh, is, we remind ourselves. And as as Melissa said, th- these are hard words to live by, and nobody lives up to them 100 uh, all the time. Just like it, it, we strive in our religions to uh, live a life that is hard to live, you know, hard to be perfect about. So. But we remind ourselves of those words. And I think those words, if you want to talk about the power of words, I think those words are very powerful. I'm, I'm sorry I messed them up a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but the fact is um, that's just reminding ourselves of that view every time we get together is something that uh, lifts us up in optimism. Is that the
0: Optimist creed? Yes. Can Mark
2: do them over so you can clip it?
1: <laughs> well, uh, it, it would be great to put them on the screen, but uh, but um, um, I'll, I'll uh, tell you,
0: I'll tell you what we'll do. As you are saying them, for those who are watching on YouTube, they'll be able to see them. We'll we'll get them up on the screen as you are giving those words to us. I also wanted to ask uh, the two of you about um, what I saw. And again, this is an apolitical perspective, all right? Just bear in mind Mm -hmm. that when the 2016 presidential campaign began, and of course hindsight being what it is, my perspective on that campaign was, it was the campaign of victimhood. It's their fault that we are in the mess we're in. And that's what really disturbed me because I remember in the 80s when I was in my 20s, I'm 61 now, and victimhood was rampant when people would go through and I went through personal growth programs like LifeSpring. They would talk about how, you know, well, your parents, they did this and they did that. And people were blaming their parents for why they were the way they were. Then in the late 80s and early 90s, we began to understand the codependency aspects. And we began to understand my parents did the best they could with what they had. It's not their fault. It's now its now up to me. I'm not a victim and uh, then we moved into what I like to call uh, the uh, interpersonal, uh, if you will. I'm no longer a victim. I'm connected to everybody, and everything that I do is going to affect the people around me. And so I am going to take responsibility for my life. And I was thinking, we're merrily moving along, and then all of a sudden, 2016, 15, 2015, and I'm a victim again. And I'm going, I'm not playing that game. I refuse to play that game. I did that in my 20s. And actually, it was a very short period of time that I played the game. Hmm. I turned in my dice, my cards, and my player piece. uh, And uh, I said, I'm not going to play that anymore. Because I want to have control over what part of my life I can have control over. And that is my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state of being, if you will. Are we... Any further along in our society, or or are we not learning from history in terms of enough already with the victimhood? It's not somebody else's fault. Uh, I and and I know I'm going on long here, but when I talk with both from both sides of the aisle, and again apolitically speaking, and I've talked to some programmers, some some on air talk show hosts from both sides of the aisle, I first would say. Don't you think you owe the other side a debt of gratitude and thanks because if it weren't for them, you'd have nothing to talk about, number one. Number two, uh, don't you think that all of the problems that you're complaining about that the other side has done is really on you? Because you didn't get the people out to vote for your people to sit in those positions of power to make the decisions you think should be made. So really, this is on you, not them. Because they did, they got the people out to vote. So it's it's like, wake up and understand. It's not them versus us. This is we. This is all of this is this is all of our sandbox, if you will. And do I have to get out the Zen rake for fifteen minutes oh. to, to calm down? You know? Mark, what are, what are your thoughts? Of, I, I know I've of, said an
1: awful lot there, but. At the risk of repeating myself, I'll I'll just say that the victimhood uh, view is that pessimistic view that says, I have no control over this. Uh, I'm, you know, these things are happening to me and there's nothing I can do about it. But the optimistic view is the one that says, look, we can if we. We can take action through our votes, for instance, if you brought that up, you know, we we, you know, the ones who give up and say, well, there's nothing I can do. My vote doesn't matter. And that kind of thing. Uh, uh, that's actually a pessimistic view. The the optimist says, well, at least let me do this step. The This action I can take will um, have a difference. So I go out and vote and I go out and advocate for a position or I go out and do this. And in fact, one of the um, purposes of an Optimist Club, so we've we mentioned the creed, but one of the purposes is to promote an active interest in civic affairs and good government. And we we do that through either uh, having candidates come and talk with our club about their views and things like that. We Again, we don't get into political discussions, but uh, we, as you say, we need to talk about these things and those discussions get us, move us forward in understanding each other's point of view. Melissa.
2: That is such a, a big challenge. I must say with, with people's viewpoints and people getting just not able to, to hear the other side and this victimhood thing, it's rampant, I got to say on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I as much as well, Mar- Mark said something a little earlier as the, uh, the pessimistic stuff where it were optimistic, like it's your fault, not mine. And I, I kind of, that's a yes and a no. It's like anything on, on that level. It, it depends on how it's being applied, this fault thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I'd say is the, the, when there's a victim, there's a perpetrator and it's on both sides Mm -hmm. and either way and in what you said is we and that's the bigger thing that i hope comes forward with Optimus is i want to make a difference but i want to make a we difference i don't want to make someone else wrong this this idea of right and wrong really really is so damaging to our entire society that I've got it right. I've got a hundred percent right. And that means you are wrong. Right. And, (laughs) and the, I, I think for me, an optimistic viewpoint is, is a kind and loving and moving forward. Although the, although optimism doesn't necessarily mean that really, when you think about it, it just means that I feel I can do what I want to do that I'm optimistic in being able to achieve that. And, you know, people can be optimistic in very damaging ways. Yeah. So, so, you know, some, some part of things when we're talking about optimism here, it's this positivity of making a, we more than a, you're wrong. I I personally don't feel that way. I feel people may be misguided. Um, we come from different backgrounds. I have no idea where they how they grew up and because of the ways I grew up, I was had all of these privileges or maybe I had this thing happen to me, but they didn't so you can't relate
0: hmm.
2: but it's a it's a we mm-hmm. the, this both sides of the aisle is you're right about the media and speaking to both sides saying don't don't we owe it to the other. Well, it's not they are evil, they are wrong. Mm -hmm. I am right. Mm -hmm. Because when you ask anyone, when have you ever been wrong in your life? Can you really go through life 100% right? Mm -mm. No. And no one can. So when you think of it that way, it's a matter of being kind and generous and, and compassionate to yourself and those around you and the optimistic viewpoint is that that person if i if i can see the best in them my optimistic viewpoint i can perhaps bring out the best in them and and with our creed it's bringing out the best in youth so here are these troubled youth how are we going are we going to see them as these are the 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 people who are going to be victimizing people in the future? Or are these kids who just need a better way? Are these kids who need better options? And I pose that to adults as well. So we are it's easier to say it about children, but adults are just grown children who've gotten locked in their status and never been able to change. They didn't get those, they didn't get our wonderful options to see things in multiple ways from multiple perspectives.
0: Well, our founding fathers obviously knew something because they started out our Constitution, its preamble with that word, we. 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 I'm not even going any further than that. They start with it. They didn't say us mm-hmm. versus them. They said We. And uh, so uh, we need to we need to take that into consideration as we continue talking with Melissa Cohen and Mark Winesoff here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I have to tell you how uh, much fun this has been, and I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing this kind of a conversation down the road. I think this is very important for us because... We're not talking about uh, Pollyanna mindset and going down a primrose path or anything or the yellow brick road. Um, I, I would say that um, two things. Number one is you made the comment, Melissa, about you know uh, have you ever been wrong? And I I I want to put it k- kind of this way uh, in terms of uh, a challenge that was given to me about well, what about all of the mistakes that you've made, Richard? And uh, I responded with, I've never made a mistake in my life. But what I have had are life lessons or learning experiences that have taught me. That's why. Uh, After uh, the 2016 campaign, I had to, I verbally out loud to myself, and it was hard to do, I actually had to utter the phrase, thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to behave. Uh, Then uh, I had to get to the point where I said, I forgive you, but more importantly, I forgive myself for allowing myself. I allowed, I'm not a victim. I allowed myself to get drawn into the quagmire. Then the third step was, what is it that that you're so afraid of that it makes you behave and speak this way? But then the fourth phase that a, a, one of my guests said, and this all has to come from the heart, genuine. I love you. You have every right to be here just like me. It doesn't matter whether I like or dislike what you're saying or doing or being or what have you. You're a human being just like me and you've gone through whatever you've gone through in your life. Uh, You're not a victim, and neither am I, and I love you, and you're teaching me, and thank you for teaching me, and then I can move on, and I can let that go, and there's no resentment, and I'm not (laughs) injuring my physical body with the stresses of resentment, and anger, and frustration, and judgment, you know, that kind of thing, and the forgiveness, but also forgiveness of self, so I went through that process of releasing my, and I, you know, I and, and I have to say that was like one of the first times in my life that I actually had to consciously go through that a, a process like that because I'd never taken – I mean, I've had people say some things about me. It's like I was born legally blind. The state of Arizona is the one that made that determination, okay, based upon my visual acuity. I didn't do that. So it's the state's fault, not mine, right? No. <laughs> what am I going to do Based upon what the state has said, what am I going to do? And if that means that I'll be bicycling until I'm 65 or 70 or whatever, you know, in my 70s or 80s, hey, I'll be darn healthy, let me tell you. And then technology caught up with me and I had a lens implant. Now I'm driving. Okay. So, um what you're talking about in terms of of being an optimist I like I said I got to that point where I said okay fine I can't get a driver's license I can't even get a license for a moped so I'm going to accept that this is this is the way my life is right now and we'll see what happens down the road and I let it go and boom you know so you folks are are doing a great service to the youth of our community and to uh, the the population at large on an international level and mark uh, uh uh kudos to you in that regard i do have uh a couple of other things that i want to mention but first i'm going to mention to you the listener and the viewer that you are listening and watching tell me your story I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are here with Melissa Cohen and Mark Weinsoff, and they are with the Northside Optimist Club of Santa Barbara. You can go to facebook.com NSOptimists, with an S on the end, and uh, you can find out more about their organization. And we will be linked to that Facebook uh, page so that folks can go directly there uh, through our link. And uh, of course, they will see it here on the video. If you're watching YouTube, you'll see it there as well. And we certainly hope that folks will go there to find out more about the work that you are doing. Maybe they want to become a member. Maybe they need that kind. It's like, yeah, I'm an optimist, but my life and the people around me are just dragging me down and I could really use a boost. I could use some support and some encouragement because I really want to go that way, but not getting the I'm not getting what I need from the people around me They're all pessimists and they're all or they may not even be pessimists they just don't care. They're just like uh, uh, you know and, and bear in mind I love country music but a lot of the songs are about drinking and, uh, <laughs> and, and 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 fooling around and that kind of stuff and playing around with their trucks and what have you. Nothing wrong with that okay if that's what you're you're into fine. But they just they have no interest in optimism or pessimism. It's like, hey, it's five o'clock and it's time for a beer and to, to watch a football or a baseball or a basketball game or go hunting or fishing or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and that's OK, too, if that's if that's your choice, more power to you. And I hope you're enjoying your life seriously, genuinely, because that's what isn't that really where we're headed. We all want to thrive, Right. Melissa, you, you just want to thrive, right? You don't want to just sit there and surviving. You want to thrive. I do.
2: Actually, you know, going back to your your victim uh, thought mm-hmm. thing that happened earlier. Right. I remember at a certain point, there's certain things that have happened to me in my life where when I've been in therapy and stuff, that's like, well, you're a victim of blah, blah, blah. And I thought about it and I thought, I am not a victim, and I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. Here, here. I am a thriver. And I will will not. And for assorted things that have taken on, when I have friends who tell me about things, it's like for me, this I'm a survivor. I'm like, I don't want to live in that life. I don't want to live with that angst mm-hmm. of, of I'm a survivor. I'm a I'm a thriver. I'm going to look for the ways in which to thrive, I will work when things come up and they do to let them flow through me rather than grasp onto them and just start stabbing myself with them or whatever wallowing wow. in them. I That's not helpful. So I'm gonna do my best to be a thriver. Mm. And I suggest everyone do that. And that's that optimistic viewpoint. Mm. It's not a victim. It's I don't want to perpetrate anything on anyone, but yeah. let us
0: all thrive. Yeah. Mark, would you like to respond to that as well before we move on?
1: Well, as optimists, we bring out the best in youth, our communities, and ourselves, and I think that's a key element that people forget sometimes, is we need to take care of ourselves, and surrounding yourself with positive people is a great way to get out of those holes we dig for ourselves in pessimism, or negativity, or victimhood, and uh, having people who can see positive in, in the face of adversity is is always great for our well-being, and uh, Make joining an Optimus Club was the best decision I ever made because it put me really on a great track to improving myself as a human being.
0: Well, and I would say, folks, if you're wa- if you're not watching the YouTube video, you're missing out simply because both Mark and Melissa, and I'd like to think myself too, although it's harder to tell with my mustache and beard, uh, pretty much grinning throughout the program, and um, and that's wonderful. And it's not to say that. We're we're happy all the time and smiling because if we were, I think that we would all be sharing a a, a padded room somewhere. Um. Uh, because again, we have those, as they say, as uh, Melissa was saying, we have those ups and downs, and that's what makes life interesting. And it's how you handle the ups and the downs as well. So uh, we hope that uh, you are, um, are are enjoying these programs that come your way. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream those programs live on richarddugan.com. That's right. There's a link there that you can click on. It says click here to listen live. And then, of course, we have the podcasts at SoundCloud, (laughs) iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Melissa, you're making me laugh, Uh, Player FM, as well as uh, iHeartRadio, as well as uh, Amazon Music, and uh, lots of other places. And, of course, you can watch these interviews on YouTube. And the channels are entitled Tell Me Your Story and Richard Dugan. There is another Tell Me Your Story on YouTube, but I'm the only one with the black hat if this guy puts on a black hat and we're going to have problems Uh, be that as it may I, I support him in the respect that he's doing what he's doing and I'm doing what I'm doing and you folks are doing what you're doing I hope you will also join us do this spend time during the decade of perfect vision Going within, listening to that still small voice. Uh, sometimes we get into that conversation, Melissa and Mark. We didn't in this particular program, but you know we ought to have you back to talk about uh, listening to that still small voice that will give you the kind of vision, encouragement, enlightenment, um, inspiration, even if it's just a word of comfort as you just kind of calm down. I, of late have been hearing my late sister who passed away a couple of weeks ago Um, and that was something i was going to talk about too. uh... it's it's not about wishing me condolences over my loss i don't feel there's a loss see my perspective is she's still here and i can talk with her and listen to her and listen for her. And I hear her laugh. And I'm seeing these wonderful images of her laughing and the faces that she used to make when, you know, uh, let's say it was an icky bug or something that she would, oh my, and I can just see that. So it's a wonderful thing when you're in that space to, to just uh, reconnect Sometimes you can do that. We also ask that if you can do so, we'd greatly appreciate it if you can financially help the uh, work that we are doing here. You like what we're doing and it resonates with you? We have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And uh, when you go there to send whatever you can send us, you put in the email address richard at Richard Richard Dugan. That's richard at richarddugan.com. Make sure you put the dot com there. And uh, we'll take any amount and we'll take energetic support as well. With all of that said, we move into what I like to call the game show portion of our uh, show program called Tell Me Your Story, where we ask in rapid-fire succession those three final questions we ask all of our guests. I'm going to bounce it back and forth between you, Melissa, and you, Mark. We'll start with you, Melissa, with the first question and that is, who is Melissa Cohen? It's a question I've been answering,
2: uh, trying to ask myself for a long time, and I am ah, I'm an optimist. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a wonderful citizen of this beautiful planet, diverse planet that we live on. And I'm grateful. I'm an incredibly blessed and grateful person.
0: That's who I am. Who is Mark Weinsoff?
1: Well, I'm an optimist who lives in the most beautiful place in America, Santa Barbara, California, and happy to be here.
0: And uh, of course we'll start with you Mark so that Melissa now has an opportunity to think about her answer. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now?
1: Well, I hope that the world will be a better place for me being here. I hope that the I've been able to through my uh visits with people around the world uh share some optimism and and help people live a a, a life of of greater well-being and uh that's the superpower of optimism is hope. And I hope that uh, I'm providing hope and positive vision wherever I go.
0: And Melissa, what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now?
2: Well, i, I I'm inspired by something Mark had said uh, on a, at a different occasion where he said he wakes up in the morning and says, "What can I do today to make a difference in this world?" And he truly has made many differences, and I think that really inspired me to to think about that. And that's it. Just the work that I do is to think, you know, how can I make a difference in you know? Currently, it's like my mom's life because she's having challenges, my nieces and nephews, and extended out the extended family of the community and into the world. And and I think it's uh, my work is to bring out the best in anyone around me as best I can. I'm not always perfect at it, but Mm. I I think that that's my thing. How
0: can I be a value add? Mm. And our final question, again, of course, we start with you, Melissa. What is your life's purpose? Wow, I'm frozen up a little bit. My
2: life's purpose, I think my... I've recently come into this, that my life's purpose is to really be present in the now. I'm doing an Eckhart Tolle thing because I've been listening to him and, and understand the appreciation of the magnificence that is all around us there just at the technology i tr- i am so blown away by the fact that we're on zoom that we have this available to really not take for granted each and everything i think my life's purpose is to remember to embrace that more and more at every moment as much as possible. And I'm not fully there yet, but I'm getting there. And it, it makes a difference for me and those around me too, to have that incredible
0: gratitude. And Mark, what is your life's purpose?
1: Uh, My life's purpose is to, have, be a positive influence on this world and, and hopefully make it a better place, but also to enjoy my time here and be um, um, someone who uh, uh, makes the best of whatever uh, situation I find myself in and have the most fun while I'm doing it.
0: I want to thank the both of you for joining us here on the program and sharing your perspectives and your optimism with us, and uh, we hope to have you back again in the not-too-distant future, maybe maybe even to talk about uh, some of the events and activities that uh, you have for the youth to help to foster this optimism through the Northside Optimists of Santa Barbara, the Northside Optimist Club of Santa Barbara, and again, we will be linked to the Facebook page so that folks can find out more about the work that uh, the North Optimist Club is doing. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, and I thank you for listening and watching, and we hope that you will join us again for our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. Until then, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'll be listening.